0: Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Welcome everyone to episode number 20 from Delving Into Islam podcast This is your host Wael And it is a a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that I'm able to share my knowledge with all of you guys. Thank you so much for being here and thank you for all your questions and suggestions. Uh, Again, this podcast is for everyone, whether you are, you know, remotely interested in Islam or curious about Islam or if you are studying Islam or if you want to become a Muslim or if you are a new convert or if you are, you know, already a Muslim and you want to expand your knowledge. This is, inshallah, the podcast for you. Thank you so much for being here, and thank you for listening. And uh, if you have any questions or suggestions, please email me at delvingintoislam at gmail.com. Again, islam at gmail.com. And I will get back to you as soon as possible, inshallah. And in today's episode, we will resume um, talking about the angels and the world of the angels. And um, in specific, we will... Uh, mention the basically the eight confirmed names of the angels from the Qur'an and the Sunnah because there are other names that are completely fabricated or they come from the Israelites, from basically old tales that we actually do not know if it's true or not. But we have eight confirmed names of the angels from the Qur'an and the Sunnah and we have the roles as well. So what is what's the role of... Uh, those eight angels, right? Um, so let's start with basically the the most famous one that we know is angel Jibreel or Gabriel, right? The second one is Mikael or Michael or Mikael. The third one is Israfil. The fourth one is Malik. The fifth one is Harut. The sixth one is Marut. The seventh one is Munkar, and the eighth one is Nakir. Now, any other names you ever heard, uh, you've heard uh, of the other angels, is not confirmed. Hence, it's not authentic. Hence, we shouldn't believe in it. Basically, like one of one of the most common things is the angel of death. His name is Israel or Azrael in Arabic. That has never been confirmed in. Quran or Sunnah never mentioned the name Azrael or Israel ever in Quran or Hadith or Sunnah. It all comes from the Israelites, which is basically old tales of the children of Israel, which we don't know uh, the accuracy of it or how authentic these stories are. So angel of death was always referred in the Quran and the Sunnah by the angel of death, nothing else, right? Um, I think one of the uh, other names is Ridwan, which is the angel, the gatekeeper of uh, Jannah or heaven or paradise. Again, never mentioned. Ridwan is never mentioned in the Quran or Sunnah. So all the eight, the eight names that I have just uh, mentioned are the authentic and let's say the confirmed eight names of, uh, of some of the angels. Um Jibril and Mikael, and Israfil, uh, the first three angels that we mentioned, are actually mentioned in one authentic hadith. Of course, their names are mentioned more. But specifically, Israfil is mentioned, I think, is only in this, is in this hadith when the Prophet ﷺ always used to uh, make dua to Allah or used to do supplication to Allah after every prayer or before. Uh, he used to start the dua with Allahumma rabba Jibreel wa Mikael wa Israfil. So the Prophet ﷺ, when he starts his, his supplication, he would say, "Oh, the Lord of Jibril, Mikael, and Israfil, And he will go on with the supplication. So now we know, we have three confirmed names just from this narration, right? Also, there is another hadith uh, by the Prophet ﷺ, an authentic hadith. The Prophet Sallallahu says, uh, the Prophet is telling us, and, and we have to really, uh, when we get to these two names, or these two angels, um, later on in this episode, we will have to actually stop and focus a little bit on their role, because it actually is kind of terrifying for the deceased. Uh, not terrifying for the believers, uh, inshallah, but it's very, very interesting. And these two angels are Munkar and Nakir. The Prophet ﷺ is telling us in this hadith that when anybody, now nobody will be exempt from this, anybody who dies, and they go into the grave, right? uh, uh two angels well there there might be some exceptions but we're talking about in, in general like it's not just for muslims right it's not just for muslims it's also for non-muslims when you get buried you will be visited by and we're not talking about your soul here allah will and we'll get to that in, in when we ever t- you know when we talk about the subject of death but allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends the soul back into your body after you get ba- buried And you will actually be awake. Now, don't be confused. That doesn't mean that while there is sand on you, you're going to just sit still. Because if that's the case, then a lot of people would have, you know, tried to, you know, have evidence or proof of somebody sitting still after they were buried. What we believe in is that you go to a different world, like a parallel, like the world of the dead. I think for Christians they call it the purgatory, or like they have other other dimensions of death. We have something called al barzakh, al barzakh, or the barzakh is basically a place between the world, the world of the living and the hereafter, and you will bu- you will feel everything. It's not just going to be your soul. No, your soul will get back in your body. That has mentioned so many times in the Quran and the Sunnah. And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends your soul back into your body, you will sit still and these two angels will come and they will start questioning you and we'll talk about what are those questions in detail. But just I wanted to, this is like a proof that they, their names are mentioned in the hadith. And of course, we have in, 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 in the chapter of Baqarah, the second chapter, verse number 102, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا أُنزِلَ عَلَى Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned these other two names. So now we have Jibreel, Mikael, Israfil, Munkar and Nakir, and Harut and Marut. Now we have seven. Also in the Qur'an in Surah Al-Zukhruf, uh, verse number 77 Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says wanado ya malik the word the, the name of the angel malik is mentioned in this verse as well so now we have eight cover, nothing else was mentioned no other names yeah other re- referenced uh, angels were mentioned but names no it's only those eight uh, these eight names that we just mentioned right now. Now, basically, um, again, any other names that were mentioned, it's a complete fabrication or it's an old, like old, coming from old tales that we shouldn't believe in it or we shouldn't base our our um, theology upon it, right? On it. Uh, so no, let's now get deeper into... Uh, What's the role of every uh, angel of uh, these eight angels? So, the first one is Angel Jibreel um, or Gabriel, and he is his role is basically he's responsible for the revelation. So, if you ever hear a story of someone who's an, an angel who's sending a message from Allah to a prophet or a messenger, it's always Angel Jibreel. Angel Jibreel actually is also the one who gave. Uh, Mary, uh, uh, the news of her being um, a mother of a prophet. Uh, Jesus, peace be upon him, peace be upon him. And uh, basically, so he's always the one, he's the highest rank of the angels. As far, as far as we know, he is the highest rank of the angels. And he is responsible for the revelation, which is basically the what we call a provision of the soul. Because if you think about it, the revelation the authentic revelation is usually a provision of the soul and uh, jibril is basically um, is basically uh, also is the one who taught our prophet Wasallam peace be upon him he taught him how to pray because there is no um, there was no revelation or technically there was no um, it was never mentioned in the Quran how to pray. It was never mentioned in the Quran how to pray how to pray. But guess where it's it mentioned? In the Sunnah. How does the Prophet, how did the Prophet know how to pray? Jibreel came down to him and he taught him, he stayed with him the entire day, teaching him when and how to pray. Because the timings exactly, you know, like the sunset, the sunrise, blah blah blah, all these things, etc. These are all, of course, coming from Allah, but through who? Through Angel Jibreel. And that's how he taught it to the Prophet ﷺ. He spent an entire day with him, showing him how to do so, how to you know make wudu and how to pray and how, uh, all these things. And actually, this is mentioned in an authentic hadith by the Prophet ﷺ when he said, Jibrilu thumma thumma like five times basically." So the Prophet ﷺ says, Jibreel came down." Fa'amani. Um, Amani means he led me in salah. It's 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 derived from imam. And imam for Muslims is the one who leads the salah. Fa'amani fa So he mentioned, he says that he led me in salah, then I prayed with him, then I prayed with him, then I prayed with him. He said it five times, meaning because the five daily prayers, right? Uh So like he, he counted its five prayers, right? So basically, Jibreel is the one who taught uh, the Prophet how to pray. He also the one who reviewed the Quran. The Prophet used to receive the revelation from Allah through who? Through Jibreel. So they would sit down and uh, Jibreel would explain certain verses, review the Quran basically with the Prophet. And actually, there's a beautiful incident where uh, the Prophet, uh, and I think I mentioned this in, in, in the first episode talking about. Angels. The first episode of the Angels, which is, I think it was like four or three episodes ago, or something like that, uh, where uh, the Prophet ﷺ used to love the company of Jibril. Imagine you are in the company of the highest rank of an- of the angels. Beautiful company. It's unbelievable. He's not a human being. You are in a company of the highest rank of the angels. So the Prophet ﷺ used to love spending time uh, with Jibreel, talking about the Qur'an, you know, discussing the revelations and, and so on. So one time the Prophet ﷺ, and this is mentioned in the hadith, he asked uh, 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 the Jibreel, he's like, why don't you come more often, you know? You know, I, I enjoy your company. Why don't you come and we talk and discuss, you know, things about Allah and about this world and and the hereafter and these. So Jibreel couldn't answer. And we, we mentioned before why, because he Has no authority He only comes down To the Prophet Or any Prophet Based on a command Of Allah Because we mentioned before Angels do not Have the freedom of choice Like human beings And jinn do Only angels Have no They just follow The commands of Allah They worship Allah Non-stop They do what Allah says That doesn't mean They they don't have A a mind of their own They do They just never Disobey Allah now, uh, so that's basically what Ajib A- and actually Ajib actually one of the things he did was he fought with the Prophet ﷺ in one of the battles, actually in more than one battle, but mainly in Badr, the famous one, right? And he did the the night of Isra and al- Miraj, with the Prophet ﷺ ascended, went to Jerusalem, and ascended to the seventh, to like to the heavens in one night. And this uh, is I actually I think I'm gonna make. Um, like a dedicated episode about that night because it was just a miraculous, one of the the Prophet's miracles, sallallahu alayhi wa Now, the second one is uh, Mikael, or Mikael, or Michael. Basically, he's responsible for the physical provision. Remember, we said Jibril is responsible for the provision of the soul, you know, the mental and the spiritual provision. But Mikael is actually responsible for the physical provision. Meaning what? By the command of by a command of Allah, He brings down the rain. This is something that's probably new for a lot of people. The rain doesn't come down on its own, or it doesn't come down just like when Allah Allah does not command the clouds to, uh, like you know, pour rain. No, Allah subhanahu wa taala commands Mikael or Michael, and Mikael makes the cloud, or he's responsible for the rain. He's responsible for basically the physical provision which is mainly the water, the rain, that helps with you know farming and all these things, right? And uh, so that's the second one. The third one is Israfil. And here's a huge um, pause that we have to make um, talking about Angel Israfil. What is very, very widely known and accepted by almost all Muslims... Is that Angel Israfil is the one who is holding the horn or the trumpet. For those of you who do not know what I'm talking about, it is 100%, 100% mentioned in the Quran many times, and the Hadith many times, that the day of judgment, you know, the hereafter will start, the day of the hour, or you know, the day of reckoning, whatever you want to call it, will start by an angel blowing in a trumpet there is an angel as we speak right now standing under the throne of allah holding a trumpet or a horn whatever you want to call it the one that makes a sound waiting for allah's ultimate command to end life as we know it as we speak right now as we speak I swear by Allah, as we speak, this is actually uh, coming from authentic hadith by the Prophet ﷺ, that as we speak right now, there's an angel holding a trumpet, looking at the throne of Allah, looking basically at at Allah's command, waiting for Allah's command, for Allah to tell him now. Once Allah tells him now, he's going to blow in it, and it will bring the destruction of all of life, as we know it. And everyone will die. Then there will be another blow. So there are two blows. The majority of the the the, the, the overwhelming majority of, of the scholars, they say it's going to be two blows. The second blow will resurrect every single human being, every single animal back to meet their Lord and start the judgment. Animal won't be judged, but human beings will be. And we'll, again, we will elaborate more when we get to that. But for now you need to know that there is an angel who is holding the trumpet. Now here's the controversy or here is the thing that's not common. Everyone, almost everyone think or know or believe that it's angel Israfil who is mentioned in a hadith. Remember when the Prophet makes a supplication to Allah, he says the Lord of Jibreel, Mikael and Israfil. So everybody's they believe that Israfil is the one who's holding that trumpet. The truth is, it's never mentioned in the Quran and the Sunnah that this is the specific angel who's holding the trumpet. In the Quran and the Sunnah, it's actually always mentioned the companion or the holder of the trumpet. When Allah refers, or when 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 the Prophet ﷺ refers to uh, the angel who's holding the trumpet, they call him, or he's being called, the bearer of the trumpet or the holder of the trumpet. Not Israfil, never. Now, the word Israfil, or the, 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 whole, the, the whole notion that Israfil is the one who will, be, who will blow in the trumpet, this comes from, um, this comes from the Israelites. But for some reason, for some reason, this might be the only thing coming from the Israelites that all the scholars seem to accept they accepted the fact that Israfil is the holder of the trumpet. For some, I don't don't understand why, but they seem to be all accepting that fact, and now it's a reality. But the truth is, he might be, but he might not be as well. Because there is no evidence from the Quran nor the Sunnah that Israfil is the holder of the trumpet. Now, let's be honest. (laughs) What difference would that make? Nothing. If you know the name of the angel of, 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 uh, of the one who's holding the trumpet, Israfil or not Israfil, would that make any difference in your life? No, it's not affecting theology. Same thing by naming the angel of death Azrael or Israel. <laughs> really, what difference would that make? He, he's responsible for taking your soul out of your body. He will come and end your life by command of Allah. So it really doesn't make <laughs> any difference to know their names. I, I it's Obviously not So that's what we know So what we truly know about Israfil is the Prophet used to use his name When he makes the du'a along with The other angels Jibril and Mikhail Now that doesn't mean that he's not the one Holding the trumpet, don't get me wrong He might be But there's no um, There's no confirmed Evidence for this uh, Particular thing, we do not know He could be, he could be not now, so this is number three This is the third uh, angel that we talked about The fourth one is Malik So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Quran The people of hellfire Will call upon Malik Who is Malik? Malik is the angel who is Guarding the gates of hellfire He's basically the gatekeeper of hellfire And People of hellfire, meaning disbelievers, the worst of mankind, or even the Muslims who, you know, committed uh, heinous things or or were horrible human beings and they had to serve some time in hellfire before go eventually uh, into paradise. Those people will call upon Malik, the gatekeeper of, of hellfire, the angel, and they will ask him, please make Allah kill us. We want to die. And Malik will will say, well, you were warned before, but unfortunately for you, there is no death after today. We talked about this before. After the day of judgment, after you are resurrected, you will only die once. This is a huge rule in Islam. Every single human being will die only once. It means that when you get resurrected on the day of judgment, there is no death. There is no escape, <laughs> whether you are in, in hellfire, you will be etern- You will live either eternally in hellfire, or you will get out of it. If you're a Muslim who committed, you know, certain sins. But if, if, if you go to also, if, if the good thing is, if you go to paradise, Jannah, you'll also live eternally there without leaving it. So there is no death after the day of judgment, never. So the gatekeeper basically tells them you cannot die because they're asking, they want to die because they can't take the pain. They can't take the punishment. They cannot take the torture and hellfire, which everyone, Muslims and non-Muslims, they believe in hellfire. Most of them do. I mean, most of the non-Muslims do. Christians and Jews, I think they all believe in hellfire. But I'm talking about some other faiths they don't believe. They believe in reincarnation and they don't believe in the day of judgment. But the majority of the people of the book, the majority of the Abrahamic religions, they believe in hellfire and paradise as well. And then Malik will say no. Also a fact, a very interesting fact about Malik, he never smiled since uh, he was assigned uh, the gatekeeping of Hellfire. Why is that? This is actually coming from an authentic Hadith because when he saw Hellfire, he realized how bad it will be for those people who will be punished. Now, he doesn't feel bad for them. Don't get me wrong. Every single one who will be put in hellfire will be 100% deserving of this because Allah is the ultimate just. He just, it's so scary. Hellfire itself, it's so scary that there is no reason for him to smile. It's just, he does not feel bad for the people. Now we have number five and number six is Harut and Marut. And Harut and Marut are actually two angels that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent to the children of Israel before before Islam to test them and to teach them sorcery. Now, learning sorcery leads to disbelief. Black magic basically leads to disbelief. Because to learn black magic, you have to submit yourself to basically the devil, the jinn, the disbelievers of the jinn, which is the, the species of the jinn, which is the devils, Satan. And to submit to Satan, that's it. You disbelieved. So learning black magic or learning sorcery, which, by the way, we believe 100% exists because we believe in jinn, right? It actually makes you, uh, makes you become a disbeliever. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as a test, because Allah tests us in this life, we all agreed on this, there's nothing wrong with this. To get to high ranks in Jannah, to be worthy of being in, in, in paradise, we have to be tested. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent two angels to test the children of israel by teaching them sorcery so they will come to you and that's exactly what happened they will tell you this is a test this is a trial do not do it they will actually give you a disclaimer if you want to learn you will disbelieve do not disbelieve fala takfur it's mentioned in the quran Do not disbelieve We are coming with a test If you're desperate Go ahead But know that you will be a disbeliever And of course many of the people Did not care about being disbelievers They wanted to learn sorcery They wanted to know black magic They wanted to learn how to ruin families by doing sorcery, you know, because guess what? One of the things they used to do is to cast a spell on a married couple. They ruined their lives for any, for, for whatever their agendas were. But that was one of the most common things that they would do. Let's just cast a spell on the husband or let's cast a spell on the wife or both or the family or the children to destroy families. It's never a good thing. It actually, the the moment you decide to learn Sorcery or black magic You become a disbeliever So Harut and Marut were two angels Who said we'll teach you Because Allah sent us to do so But he also told us to warn you This is a test Do not accept Because once you accept to learn You will become a disbeliever And unfortunately many Some of them didn't But many of them The majority of them uh, Of the children of Israel They actually wanted to go ahead And learn sorcery no matter what Not caring about the consequences now it comes to the last two, um, to the last two angels. So we talked about number five and number six, Harut and Marut. Now number seven and number eight are Munkar and Nakir, and these are the ones we gave a little bit of intro about, which is the two angels, the two angels who will come to you in your grave, no matter what you are a Muslim or not Muslim. What is the description? Their description is basically what the Prophet ﷺ mentioned before, which is they are two terrifying-looking angels. They are so scary. They are bluish-blackish color. Who will come to the dead in their grave? And they will wake us up, every single one of us. There are very, very rare or few exceptions, like the martyrs and so on. But for now they will come to us and when they do they will ask us three questions now number one when you are being awaking after dying by these two terrifying looking angels you will be already like trembling and it's just you'll be terrified and then in the midst of your like panic they will ask you these questions number one who is your lord who is your Lord? Number two, what is your religion? And number three, what can you tell us about the Prophet who were, who was sent to you or to your people or to your nation? Now, these three questions seem to be very simple. Who is your Lord? Allah is my Lord. What is your religion? Islam. What can you tell us about the prophet, the prophet who was sent to you? Well, he was the best of mankind. He was the final prophet and messenger. He taught us everything we know, and uh, he has a special place. I'm just you know bringing up stuff that I know about our prophet But the reality is, it won't be that easy to answer these questions because here's the thing: because you can get a little you know a little Muslim kid, and they will tell you the answer right away. The problem is. You won't be able to answer because you will only be able to answer based on how you lived your life. Meaning, who is your Lord? You think you can easily say Allah, but you won't be able to say Allah unless you live this life fearing Him, worshipping Him alone. And doing the right thing, trying to please Him. Otherwise, guess what? Your mouth won't even say, like you can't even say the word Allah. Believe it or not, some will say it, Allah, like they will have doubts. Guess what would the angels do? Are you sure? Is this your Lord? They will terrify you even more, and some might not be able to answer. Some might not be able to answer. And some will answer on Allah, they will hear a sound, the angels will hear a loud voice from the sky saying, from the heaven saying This person lied They never lived their lives Fearing Allah Worshipping him You won't be able to answer the question Simple Now who is? Uh, what is your religion? Islam That's how we, how we can say it now Nope You won't be able to say it Now The third question is What can you tell us? About the prophet or the messenger who was sent to you You can't say Oh well he was a good prophet Is no Again Learning about our prophet Our prophet Learning the true uh, Nature of our prophet Following his footsteps Following the sunnah Of the prophet By basically being better people You know Doing everything he was doing Trying to follow his sunnah as much as we can Not like oh Saying oh I only listen to the Quran And that's it That's how you can answer the question But guess what if you know nothing about our Prophet If you know nothing about the Prophet If you know nothing about the Prophet Or you didn't even try to follow his sunnah Guess what you won't be able to answer The question uh, In the grave And based on answering the questions Your life in that world of the dead kind of thing, the barzakh, will be determined. Whether you will live smelling the fragrance of paradise, and this is mentioned in the Quran and the Sunnah too, or you will be um, in your grave smelling basically the heat and feeling the heat of hellfire. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from those who smell the fragrance of paradise. Ameen. So now with that, that, me, that we, we kind of discussed all the eight confirmed names of the angels and their roles. Uh, another thing is uh, I wanted to discuss was the bearers of the throne. So uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is sitting on a throne, his own throne. And this throne is being bared or being carried by um Angels, eight angels to be specific. Now, but before I get into this, I wanted to say, uh, well, yeah. So, the Prophet ﷺ actually taught, told us something, a very interesting information about the bearers of the throne, which is one of them. So, the Prophet says in his hadith, "Within Ali, I was given permission to speak about one of." The bearers of the throne, one angel. So the prophet is about to describe one angel from the eight of the bearers of the throne. So one of them, look at this, look, wallahi, this is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. This is incredible. But then again, this is Allah we're talking about. Subhanallah. One of them, that one angel from the eight, his head is in the seventh heaven. Well, think about it. He's carrying the throne of Allah, and where is the throne of Allah? It's above the seventh, hev- the seventh heaven, right? And his feet is in the seventh earth. Now, what we believe is uh, what we believe in as Muslims is that there are seven heavens, and there are seven earth as well. سماوات ومن الأرض Allah SWT says there are seven heavens, and the same when it comes to earth as well, seven earth. So his head. Is in the seventh heaven and his feet are in the seventh earth. Look at this, look at this to see, to to imagine the size of this angel. The size between his earlobe, the size between his earlobe and his shoulder is 700 years' journey of flying. Can you imagine this? To get from his earlobe, that one angel. To his shoulder it takes 700 years Flying Can you imagine the size of this One angel of the eight bearers of the throne Wallahi it's unbelievable Subhanallah The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says أُذِنَ an أَنْ أُحَدِّثَ عَنْ مَلَكَ مِنْ مَلَئِكَةِ اللَّهِ مِنْ حَمَلَةِ الْعَرْشِ إِنَّمَا بَيْنَ الشُحْمَةِ أُذْنُهُ إِلَىٰ عَاتِقُهُ مَسِيرَةُ سَبْعُمَئَةِ عَامِ a journey, a journey of 700 years. Another hadith, and there's another wording within Again, it's the same thing. His head in the seventh, seventh heaven, his feet are in the seventh earth the distance between his earlobe and his shoulder 700 years journey incredible subhanallah what about the other 7 it shows you subhanallah it gives you a glimpse because you'll never be able our minds can never comprehend the size of the throne in the first place the size of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is it's it's unbelievable if the size of one angel tiny angel compared to you know the throne because it needs eight, the throne needs eight of these angels to carry it. One of them has a distance between his earlobe and shoulder of seven hundred years journey. What is this? This is Subhanallah, incredible, Allah. Well, also if we talk about if we're speaking about the sizes of the angels, guess how many wings does Angel Jibril or Gabriel have? How many wings does he has? Does he have six? Hundred wings Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has informed the Prophet saw it, but of course he didn't count the six hundred He saw him on his true form with his wings, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has informed them of the exact number 600 wings This is out of this world subhanallah 600 were wings he, Like Angel Jibreel, he blocked the horizon he blocked the horizon when the Prophet saw him and his true form, Subhanallah. It's unbelievable, Allah. So with that, uh, we will conclude today's episode. Um, again, we talked about the eight confirmed names of the angels and uh, their roles. And uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from all of us and um, add to your knowledge and my knowledge. And if you have any questions, please uh, email me at delvingintoislam@gmail.com, at or you can message me on the Facebook page under with the same name, Delving Into Islam. Um, have a great day. Wassalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.